the phone rang, and my grandpa got up to answer it. But as he got up to answer the phone, he said to his wife, my grandma, and the other couple that was sitting there, listen to this. And he gets up and he answers the phone, and and he finds out that it's just a member of the church that was um, calling to remind them to bring something tomorrow. And, uh, and he sits back down and he says, that wasn't the phone call. And then a few minutes later, they're, they're playing a game or something, and the phone rings again, and he gets up and he says, listen, listen to this. And, and, and he answers the phone, and it, apparently, um, according to my grandma, it was my mother who was calling on an unrelated matter. And so my grandpa sat back down, and, and they ended up finishing up the evening with a couple, and, and the couple left. And it wasn't till after midnight that the phone call came. You see, he had forgotten about the time change between Michigan and Mexico. And you see, his vice president was down in Mexico at a conference, and at the conference, it was a, my my grandpa was into construction, and so for every steel building that you purchased in that calendar year, you got a token in the raffle. And When the raffle was going to be drawn, a brand new airplane was going to be the prize. And my grandfather knew he was going to win. I stand before you this morning to tell you he won. Now, I I haven't had that before. I I don't know how to explain it, but, but... he had told a couple from his church who were interested to go into missions that they, were, they wanted to become a missionary pilot. He told them, I'm going to win this airplane and you're going to be able to use it in training. And sure enough, he won the airplane. And, and for those of you airplane fanatics, I, there's probably one of you in here, it was a Mooney four-seater airplane, and the Mooney has a unique tail because the tail actually leans slightly forward. You can Google it or whatever. Um, But I actually remember riding in the airplane because one year our family goes camping over Labor Day weekend, and and we went up to um, near the Mackinac Bridge, and one day my grandparents paid for us to take the ferry across to the island, and he had that missionary pilot fly the plane up and give us rides on Mackinac Island. Very, very cool. I had the privilege of going twice, which made me sick, and I threw up in a garbage can on Mackinac Island, but that's beside the point. But I tell you that story because two years ago, my grandfather passed away. And at his funeral, my grandma asked me to speak, and I'd never spoken at a funeral before, and I was told never to do it at a family funeral if you do. But I I agreed to do it, and I I told that story during the funeral service. And then we had an open mic time at the reception. And the missionary pilot's wife stood up at the reception, and she said this, I don't know if you know this, but your grandfather did in fact win that airplane. My husband trained on it. And when we were done training, your grandfather said, if you help me sell this plane, I will give you a part of the commission. And so my husband helped sell that airplane 
and he got the commission. And I want you to know that commission was the exact amount that we needed to fly to California to do our language school to be able to go into missions. And I just stand before you this morning to go, God knows. God knows and God orchestrates. And in my family, that is one of the God stories that we can tell from generation to generation to generation. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And as you turn there, let me give you a little bit of context of Deuteronomy 6. Because Deuteronomy 6 is so important, there's actually an organization called D6 that puts on a family ministry conference every single year. And I actually had the chance to go to one of these conferences in Orlando, Florida. Because Deuteronomy 6 begins with, well, let me, before I say that, you, you have to understand, Deuteronomy 6, get this, it comes after Deuteronomy 5. Have a good morning. <clears throat> but if you'll look, Deuteronomy 5 is the Ten Commandments. And so this comes after the Ten Commandments are given. Now, now you have to realize when in history the Ten Commandments were given. You see, the Israelites had spent a wonderful 400 years in Egypt. Okay, it was wonderful for about 50 years, and then that Pharaoh died, and then the Israelites spent 350 miserable years in Egypt. I, don't, don't quote me on the 53, 50 percentage. I make up all kinds of statistics, but... But here's what we know. At the end, they were enslaved, and it was miserable, and then God reached out his mighty hand and delivered them. Now the Israelites are wandering through the desert on their way to the promised land. This is where Deuteronomy 6 falls in the Israelite history. God has now chosen the Israelites, he's pulled them out of Egypt, and he lays before them his law, the Ten Commandments. And then he wants to impart on them the importance of keeping the law and fearing him as their, their God. So that's the context of Deuteronomy 6. And Deuteronomy 6 starts with the Shema. And it begins with, uh, and it's called the Shema because the Israelites, even to this day, Hebrews wake up, this is a daily thing in the life of a Jew, an Orthodox Jew. That they, they look at verse, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And then in verse 7, it's very familiar family verse. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is really, really practical. This is saying we need to live 
with the law of the Lord in our lives daily, constantly, waking up, lying down as you eat, as you pull in the drive through I think it says in the fine print. Okay, maybe that's today's language. But then interestingly, and this is where I want to spend our time this morning, that's the familiar part of Deuteronomy 6. But Deuteronomy 6, jump down to verse 20. Verse 20 says, In the future. We're now looking at the past. Here's what God has done. In the future, something's going to happen. Now, the Israelites find themselves, they're now wandering in the desert. God has promised them a land flowing with milk and honey, but they've already sent the spies in and they realize there are giants in the land. And so it's this big, unknown, scary. As we enter 2023, it can be big, it can be unknown, it can be scary. I want to take a few minutes and to have us look back in order to move forward. Because that's exactly what in Deuteronomy 6 God has the Israelites do. Let's look at verse 20. In the future... When your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, because he said so. Is that what it says? No. You see, when, when we have kids in our home, and they're, the, the Bible's written to real people. He understands when you have kids at home and you tell them this is what God tells us to do, they're going to ask, why? And then you're going to tell them, and then later they're going to ask, yeah, kids are full of questions, aren't they? Sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes you don't feel like you have time to answer all the questions. But interestingly, interestingly, it's not because he told you so. He says, I want you to tell the story. When they ask, why do we have to obey, tell the story. Here we go. Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and to give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. Now I want to just highlight... Real quickly, number one, tell the story. We have to look back and we have to point to where we have seen God at work. They need to know who God is and what he has done. And we do that by telling the story. The Israelites, this is the cool part of scripture, the Israelites lived this story. This really happened. They came out of slavery. God rescued them through the ten plagues, crossed the Red Sea, parted the waters. They walked through on dry ground. 
That's their story of walking from slavery into freedom. We have a story too. We just sang about it. The one gospel. It doesn't depend on our performance, our ability. It depends on what Jesus Christ did. We were in slavery to sin, and he had to deliver us. And it was his work on the cross, his death, and his resurrection, which gives us life and freedom to walk into the promised land. So number one, our kids are going to ask us why. Why do we have to obey God? Why do we have to fear him? They're going to ask. We have to tell the story. Now, real quick, Tim actually hit a couple, a couple of the things, so I can shorten it this morning. Thank you, Tim. But he gives us clear, clear things of, guys, if you do this, there's going to be benefits to you. The benefits here in, in, in Deuteronomy 6, verse 24, the Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so we might always prosper. We're going to prosper. Now, it doesn't say financially, just for the record, but we're going to prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. There's something about obeying the Lord's commands, that actually can keep us alive. We're going to prosper, and we're going to be kept alive. And then it goes on to say, and if we are careful to obey all the law before our Lord our God has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. We get a righteousness when we do this. Now, we know the rest of the story, and that is we can't do this on our own, we need God's help to do it, and now he's given us his spirit to live inside of us, and his spirit becomes our righteousness. That we take off our filthy rags, and through Jesus Christ, we put on his righteousness. So, there's huge benefits. Our kids are going to ask us why. We have to look back to be able to look forward. There's benefits. And here's the last thing. We need to share. We need to tell that story. Now, in order to share, number one, you have to slow down. And I'm guessing as I look around that some of you are wired a lot like me. It's hard to slow down. I've got this to take care of and this to take care of and that's just for work and then I have this to take care of and this to take care of for home and then this for church and we can just go down the list of everything we have to do. And yet in order for us to be able to share, we have to slow down so that we can reflect. We can look back. We have to look back at the last week the last month. Now's a great time to look back at the last year. God, what have you taken me through this year? Where have I seen your hand at work in my life? Where have you used a song of the month to encourage or challenge me? 
one of the sermon series that especially reached out and grabbed me this year. You see, we got to take time to look back because that's what's going to prepare us to move forward. So part of the message this morning is for us to do that. Not just for us to share from Scripture, but we're going to have some sharing time later in the service that we're going to do what's scary. We're going to open up the microphone because we don't know what's going to be shared or how long it's going to be shared. That's scary for those of us who like control. Right, Pastor Dave? So let me just say this. We want this to be part of the message. We want it to be God-centered, God-focused, share a way that you have seen his hand at work in your life, in your family's life, through FBC, maybe a song of the month, maybe a sermon series, and, and we want you to share. And, and Dave's going to open that up, but we want it to be brief, we want it to be God-focused, and, and we're not going to applaud unless we're applauding for the Lord. Because we want this to be pointed toward him, not toward, one, toward us. So I'm going to stop now, and I'm going to invite Pastor Dave and the worship team to come back up, and I want them to just play for a minute, minute and a half, and I want to just intentionally spend some time in reflection. Not just tell you to do it, but just start that process. Where have you seen God at work? How has he made himself known to you and to your family this year?